Welcome to Bridging Borders, the podcast where we try to bridge the gap between cultures through insightful conversations. Together, we explore diverse topics from productivity to language learning, all the while helping you improve your English skills. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Hey, Veronica, I'm really good. I'm really excited about filming this episode with you because we're going to be playing Would You Rather. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling very excited. It is a very, very fun, like conversational party game, right? That basically involves presenting a choice between two options. And obviously you can make it as uh, silly as you want to. You can make it serious. You can make it fun. Uh, Yeah, today we basically each chose five questions for each other. I'm going to ask Sam five different questions. He's going to ask me. So hopefully you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to our conversation. And uh, maybe you could also ask your friends or family members some of those questions and have a good time with them too. Yeah, and we don't know what the questions that we've picked for each other are. So we'll be listening to them live. We haven't planned any of the answers. Yes, it's going to be a big surprise. (laughs) Okay, uh, do you want me to ask you the first one? Absolutely. Okay, I've tried to pick ones that are actually difficult to choose because there were like some fun questions, but I felt like the answer was always a little bit easy. So I've tried to pick some ones that you'd actually have to think about it and maybe you're torn either way and you could choose both. And I think people will get to know you a bit better as a person after answering these five questions. So it should be interesting. Let's start with the first one. And would you rather be beautiful and stupid or unattractive, but a genius? Oh my God, I love this question. Uh, Wow, it's pretty pretty interesting. I think for me, Hmm. it depends on... um, um, First, I wanted to say it depends on my work, but then if I start thinking about it a little bit more... Uh, if my work requires me to be extremely beautiful, but if as a person I'm stupid, then I'm probably not going to last very long at this position. Probably people are going to, you know, exploit me. They're going to maybe like not pay me enough or I'm just going to spend all my money on unnecessary things. So it's it's difficult because I think sometimes in my life, I don't feel extremely beautiful because sometimes I struggle with acne and uh, right now my skin looks fine, but I have some scars and sometimes when I have active breakouts, it makes me feel bad about myself. It makes me feel unattractive if I'm being completely honest. So I think I would choose the second option, unattractive but a genius, because I always appreciated my brain and how smart I can be and uh, all the knowledge I have and all the knowledge that I can get. Uh, So I would go with that option. Well done. You haven't appeared vain. (laughs) I I think I'd actually choose the opposite because uh, it's difficult to change how you look, um, but you can become more educated. And there is a thing called the pretty privilege where pretty people or more Mm -hmm. attractive people have uh, yeah more of a privilege and people maybe trust them more they think they're more intelligent so I don't know what I choose so I'm, I'm glad I didn't have that one absolutely yeah it is definitely an unfair advantage yeah I mean 
to be honest, uh, I think it's a more obvious unfair advantage, like, oh, when a person is extremely attractive. But at the same time, if you as a person, uh, if you're extremely smart, it can be an unfair advantage too. You just need to learn how to use it. So true and if you were really beautiful you didn't want to you don't want to just be known for being beautiful because people might not view you as uh, holistically or they might not view other parts of you and they might just think oh you're just this pretty person yeah that's actually something that i struggle with sometimes on youtube when i receive uh, comments from people when i create a video about english let's say and some people in the comments are telling me that you're beautiful or you're so beautiful. To me, it's a little bit strange because my content on YouTube is not about fashion or me teaching people how to like you know, do makeup, you know, so that, oh, someone can say, oh yeah, you look beautiful, you know, this dress or you you look beautiful with this makeup. It's more educational. So it's, it's like me sharing what my brain is capable mm-hmm. of and people commenting on my appearance. Yeah, it doesn't feel holistic, as you said. Uh, yeah. So it's Everyone in the comments, tell Veronica she has a beautiful brain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, okay. What's, what's my question? Yes, your question is, would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Hmm. I think I would choose a personal chef because I think... My cooking compared to their cooking is going to be drastically different. Uh, the cleaning that someone else could do compared to the cleaning I could do is not that different. And yeah, I I don't mind cleaning that much. You know, you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to this podcast, you can listen to some music. Um, and yeah, I think I'd prefer a personal chef. Also, I guess no the thing is with a maid how often would they have to come into the house i wouldn't really i wouldn't really want to have someone coming into the house too often because it's like my private space uh, yeah, but i however guess however you want to however yeah, many times you want to i guess a chef would have to come in three times a day wouldn't they unless they you know pre-make some meals but who knows but yeah i think i think i'd choose a chef because they would be able to make some really tasty meals that i first of all don't have the energy or time to do or have the ability to do so yeah imagine that'd be great Absolutely. No, yeah, they can definitely meal plan because uh, I have seen a lot of like short videos on Instagram where personal chefs share their experience and they usually come in and they make like dishes for probably the next three days because then, well, maybe some food is going to go bad or you just it's going to taste different. So basically they come like every three days, I would say. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) I might look into (laughs) that. I don't think I can afford it, but (laughs) maybe one day. Nice. Okay. So would you rather be the best player on a losing team or the worst player on a winning team? Oh, that's tough. (laughs) Because as a kid, I did sports for a very long time. And in many situations, I was the worst player or the best player. So I experienced both of these situations. And I would say I would choose to be the best player on a losing in a losing team yes because <laughs> uh, 
I there were moments in the past when I was a kid, a teenager. I remember I played volleyball for some time, and I was the worst player in a very good team, and I felt bad. Um, I would say I felt bad that I could not match the standard, that、mm. I was not improving my skills fast enough. And、uh, obviously, at one point, like I quit because <laughs>、yeah. I just realized that it was not something that I could do at this pace. That for me, that was the problem. The pace was the problem. Of course, I could I could continue playing volleyball like on like on a different team or with other people, and everything would have been fine. But with those people, with that team, it was pretty much impossible for me because I needed more practice. I needed more time. Um, and that's why right now I would say I would rather be the best player because maybe if you're the best player, you can maybe motivate other people. Maybe you can change the strategy, or maybe you can just go to a different team <laughs>、yep. and still like still be an amazing player. Obviously, that's something that professional athletes do all the time. In football, they constantly change teams. Uh, I mean, I love Formula One, and I mean, Formula One is different from like a conventional sport, but it happens there all the time. Drivers, some drivers, they just change teams almost every single season because oh, here, like I don't like it. The car is bad here. Let me go、mm. to a different team. So, yeah, interesting. Um, that that makes sense. Like playing for a team continually, but what about just an individual match? Individual match. Yeah, a volleyball match、uh, is just one match. Would you prefer to be on the the winning side, but the worst player, or the other way around? No, still the other way around. Okay, yeah. Because I still want to feel that I feel confident in my skills. I don't feel that I am doing everything、uh, like I'm progressing at the pace that I want to be progressing at. That I feel great, confident, strong. My skills are amazing. I would still choose that. Okay, great. Good answer. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I really like this question. Yeah, it really <laughs> makes you think. <laughs> yeah,、okay. I've been I've、uh, I've been on either ends. I've I I used to play football a lot when I was a kid, and I was one of the best in the team for quite a while when I was younger. But then gradually, as I aged, I just got worse and worse and worse. And I remember one final I played for the school once, and Obviously, it's a final, so it's an important. But I was on the bench, meaning that I wasn't in the starting eleven, and I didn't come on for the entire game.、Uh, so I didn't even play.、Uh, my team exactly. won, exactly. And yeah, it felt really bad, even though we won. I didn't care、exactly. whatsoever. Yep, it reminded me of when I was twelve, thirteen. I did track. And in track, there is this. Unfortunately, I don't remember the name. Maybe you're gonna help me here. There's this like competition when you run around the track, like four people, and you pass the stick relay. Okay, got this one. Yeah. So we would do that, and、uh, I was definitely the weakest runner, but we won. And I, I felt exactly the same thing. I was like, I was so bad. Like they <laughs> literally saved us. Like all, like all the other three girls, they like literally saved me, our team. So、mm, now, yeah, that, that's a weird sport, isn't it? Because you're running as a team, but also you have that individual competition as well. So you could, like you said, you could lose your section of the sprint, but your team makes up for your loss. Exactly. Yes. 
So Sam, would you rather mm-hmm. always be 10 minutes late or always be 20 minutes early? Yeah, this was on my short list of questions for you. Um, I think I would prefer, I, I would definitely prefer to be 20 minutes early. So I, I really don't like being late for anything. And in England, we have a culture where people are expected to do things on time. And if people are late, it's almost seen as a bit rude. I guess like you don't value the other people's time. And when I moved to Spain, it was a really big culture shock because they don't care about being on time whatsoever. And being 10 minutes late is being on time. So I don't like being late because it just makes me feel like I haven't got my like my my life together or like I'm being rude or I don't want to offend the other person. And I guess if you're including everything, that would mean every single thing for the rest of your life meaning every single interview (laughs) yeah everything Uh, and I wouldn't want to be 10 minutes late but you know 20 minutes early that's quite a lot you'd be wasting quite a lot of time that would add up over the years wouldn't it and that's a lot of time just uh, you twiddling your thumbs or looking at your phone but I think I would choose 20 minutes early what would you choose Yes, exactly the same thing too. And I also have this uh, story of a culture shock that I experienced here in Mexico because it's exactly the same thing. People think that if you're like 10 minutes late, you're on time. Like, And being early is like, why? Especially when it comes to parties. If someone invites you, um, you know, if there's like a group of people there hanging out, uh, you tell them, okay, guys, come over at five and they're going to come at like seven. And this is crazy to me because uh, in Russia, if someone tells you come at five, you come at five. If you're late, you let the person know. You're like, oh, sorry, I'm going to be like 10 minutes, 30, I don't know, 40 minutes late. But here it's so different. It's like Mexico time. <laughs> People have a different, yeah, it's just different culture and different ideas of uh you know going to parties yeah that's a really good point and actually in england it is the same as that as well and if it's a dinner party maybe you know you're expected to be on time but if it's a house party then the later you arrive the cooler you usually are and we have a phrase fashionably late so yeah if you're ever going to a party in the uk don't turn up at the time they tell you come at least maybe 30 minutes or an hour uh, but yeah, yeah, my friend had a Halloween party a few week weekends ago, and he said come around at seven. And I texted him at eight o'clock saying, "Has anyone arrived yet?" And he said, "No." <laughs> so, yeah, no. yeah, the people people don't come to parties on time uh, in the UK either. It's, I don't know. I don't like. Just don't want to be. All. You just don't want to be the first ones there and kind of making that. I guess people want to just get there when it's a bit easier, when everyone's had a bit of alcohol and the party's getting started. If that makes sense. No, no, I get it. Yeah, because like they, they maybe they feel uncomfortable being the first one. Yeah, but it's definitely not me. <laughs> I I would rather come like on time and then I would leave earlier and then <laughs> I would come home. I would go to bed and it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're probably happier the next day. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so my question for you is, would you rather detect every lie you hear or get away with every lie you tell oh that's tough i told you i tried to pick difficult ones for you yeah yeah no these are definitely difficult i think i would rather 
detect every lie I hear because I don't like lying to people. And uh, when I lie and I get away with things, I mean, I can do it right now, especially (laughs) when, you know, it's like, especially when you like text someone and all of that, you can't see the person and it's just easier to lie. Like if you need to, if you're texting, let's say. So it's kind of like, I feel like every single one of us knows how to do it. If it's a hundred percent necessary, like we all lie to someone by saying that, oh, we're sick when in reality (laughs) we're not, (laughs) we just don't want to go. So in reality if i could i would say neither because neither one sounds appealing but maybe the first one because sometimes i feel like the person is lying to me but i don't know for sure and like being certain that a person is lying to me would be cool but at the same time, maybe it would make me extremely stressed and anxious because I would see every single lie and I would understand that it's a lie. And maybe maybe it would just motivate me to write a book about my <laughs> extraordinary ability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good use of it. And and yeah, I agree. I wouldn't want to tell lies to people. And I think, you know, you'd build up a bit of a complex or that it would go to your head and you'd know if you had this power to be able to lie into every single situation, then you could, you could do a lot in life, but yeah, you'd go a bit crazy, I think. But Mm -hmm. I guess if you could detect every single lie, are you going to call people out on it? So for example, you know, your family or your friends or, you know, your boyfriend makes a comment to you and it's just a white lie. It was just a little lie. And I think people do this on a daily on a daily basis all the time yeah like even if people say like how are you and they're like yeah i'm good and you're like ding it's a lie (laughs) are you gonna call people out on it what do you think i think it depends on the situation uh if i am very close to this person and like you know they're saying they're good and i i know they're not good they're not doing good I might ask a follow-up question, but at the same time, I think it's important to respect people's boundaries. And especially when it comes to, you know, how you like your feeling and your life, if someone just tells you, oh, like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm I'm okay. And if it's like a, a hard no, like they're just saying no to you, then just, you know, stop. It's their personal boundary. And it's important to respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So my question to you is... Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or bathing for a month? (laughs) Um, It would definitely be give up my uh, phone. So in my daily life, this would be really difficult. But I think if I was able to go on like a a nice retreat somewhere or go on holiday for a month and I'm in the mountains in Tuscany or something, then that would actually be really nice. but yeah, not sh- not showering or having a bath for a month. No one would want to hang out with me uh, because I'd stink <laughs> and you'd just feel disgusting, wouldn't you? Uh, I-, I would really like the idea of not going uh, with w- going without my phone for a long period of time. But yeah, in in the daily life, it's just you know so ingrained now, isn't it? So it would be it would be pretty difficult. But I couldn't not shower for a month. I'd I'd feel I'd feel gross. 
Yeah. I like how you said, like maybe pairing it with a different experience, mm. like giving up your phone for a month. And then while you're not using your phone, going somewhere where you wouldn't be able to use your phone anyway. Yeah. You know, like somewhere in the mountains, doing something like a retreat, maybe like a silent retreat, like when you have to be completely silent for a month, or maybe a yoga retreat, something like that, yeah. where like you're just, you know, journaling every day, analyzing stuff, reading a lot, and you're just there. You're very, very present. But yeah, I think it would be hard and impossible for me to give up showering for a month too. Yeah, I think people would start. Have you ever had that feel? I think it's called like a phantom buzz when you feel like you've had a vibration in your pocket. Maybe I don't get this anymore because my phone's never on vibrate, but uh -huh. I guess it used to be. And yeah, people get this feeling that like their phone is vibrating in their pocket and they realize that their you know phone's not actually vibrating in their pocket. So I feel like a lot of people would, it'd be really difficult to spend it, even me, it, it you know, it, that'd be really difficult for me. And it'd be those small moments, you know, when you're not, you've just finished a task or you're in between doing tasks or you've got five, you know, I'm 20 minutes early because I have to be 20 minutes early everywhere. And um, I've got nothing to do. It's just those little moments where you use your phone just to fill that micro gap of being bored, waiting in line at, uh, at a shop, for example, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to be here for two minutes. So I can just, you know, look at my phone. Great. I think mm -hmm. those would be the difficult moments. Exactly. Absolutely. I have this, uh, this thing with my watch. That's why right now I'm not wearing my Apple watch because sometimes it vibrates, but sometimes it, it doesn't. And I'm like, oh, I have a notification, but in reality, I don't. Oh. <laughs> and that, like this constant, like, oh, oh, I have a notification. It's, oh, it's just driving me crazy sometimes. And yeah, I really need to spend some time without it too. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, it would be nice. Okay. Mine's actually pretty similar to that. And would you rather never what, uh, go on social media again or never watch a film again? Uh, definitely okay no first i was like uh, definitely never go on social media again but then i remembered that i work on social media that's that's why so... i chose that's why i chose the question so i thought okay social media is definitely linked to her work but you know films are great do you consider youtube social media i'll let you off and say it's not social media Okay, if we don't consider YouTube social media, then I would choose social media because I am willing to give up Instagram, TikTok, and all everything that I have right now because I love watching movies. I love watching documentaries, all dif all different kinds of movies, and I cannot imagine my life without you know movies and like never ever watching a movie again just sounds very scary. But if you but if we, you know, put YouTube into this category of social media, uh, then probably I would first have to think about if it's possible for me to change my job and find a different job that is not connected to YouTube, not connected to social media at all. And if it is possible, then I would still choose social media. And I think it is possible. Everything is possible as long as you want to and you spend enough time trying. So yeah, in, in any like in any way for me, it's going to be social media because yeah, definitely I could give up that because I don't like using it as a user. Sometimes it is pretty 
destructive to me. Uh, it makes me feel bad, makes me feel like I'm wasting my time. Um, and so even when I post something, I right now, especially maybe in the past, I would post like every single day, lots of content. But now I try to be very selective and very careful <laughs> with what I post because I understand that just people are going to be seeing so many different like images, videos, pictures, and all of that. And sometimes it's it's hard. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I would go without social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you rather be alone all your life or surrounded by really annoying people? Wow. Okay. I think that's a really difficult one. Um, I guess being alone, like when you say alone, I'm, I'm guessing like alone, alone, like alone, alone. Is it like, um, what's that film with? Is it like I am legend? Like I'm the last person alive (laughs) or is it, uh, like there's other people around me, but I'm not kind of friends with them or I have no connection with them. I think like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be. Yeah, with people, even though they're really annoying, because I would have to just, you know, try and work on them. <laughs> like, okay, maybe it's time for you to go and see someone <laughs> and maybe not work on not being so annoying. Uh, but who knows? I think, yeah, it would definitely be around people. I think being alone would be really horrible. And having relationships is what makes life worth living and it's the best thing about being alive so it'd be really sad to be alone for your whole life and especially surrounded by other people as well so Mm -hmm. but yeah i guess annoying people that that wouldn't be nice but maybe it'd be something that i just have to radically accept absolutely i would choose that too yeah being with very annoying people because being alone and seeing other people around you and not being able to do anything about it is pretty horrible. Yep, absolutely. Okay, the last one for you, it's quite a deep one. Would you rather die in 20 years with no regrets or live to 100 with lots of regrets? Definitely no regrets. Okay, um, 20 years. I. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's <laughs> tough. It is. Yep. All these questions are very hard. Yeah. I would say if I have no regrets, you know, I lived my life the way I wanted to. Everything was great. And, you know, I think I would not even be regretting the fact that my life is ending. So, but being a hundred and realizing that my life is going to be over soon and I have so many regrets and I can't do anything about that. I cannot change them because, you know, I'm 100 years old. I don't have any more time. I think that makes me very, very scared. Yeah, I agree. It's one of my, I think I've said this on a previous podcast, but it's my biggest fear of waking up being middle-aged or I guess in this case, 100 and feeling like I've wasted my life or having lots of regrets. So, oof. It's a difficult question though, isn't it? 20 years, I would Mm -hmm. be 47, which Mm -hmm. isn't that old at all. But who knows? Yeah, I think I I agree with you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I think if, uh, you know, when you think about, oh, we all have, we all 
kind of regret something in our lives. We all have regrets, but at the same time, right now, if you regret doing something or not doing something, you you still have time to change that. You can like change your mindset. You can talk to this person or do this thing or not do this thing in the future. You still have time. But I think it's just the scariest, the scariest part is the fact that you don't have the time to do anything about this regret. It's still there. It's kind of haunting you yep. and you cannot do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would yeah, it'd be horrible. Hopefully that doesn't, neither of those things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my final question to you, Sam, is would you rather be the funniest person in a room or the smartest person in a room? Hmm. That's a really good question. And I might have to think about that for a while. I think my initial reaction is the funniest because I think you can form better connections with people uh, when you know you make them laugh. And it's a good feeling making people laugh, isn't it? So I I guess it would be it'd be that because it made myself feel good and it would I could make other people feel good. So I think being the the funny I think you have to be I think funny people are intelligent and they just are intelligent in a way that isn't perhaps academic or you know it's not like mathematical but most of the time it's language based and it's cultural based and they have a a, a very good understanding of people and behavior and stuff so I think someone being funny or very funny is someone who is very intelligent but I think I would prefer to always be the funniest person in the room nice interesting I like how you said that uh, funny people are intelligent but in a different way and maybe it's not that they're intelligent in a different way but they're funny and like other people who cannot be like funny naturally they maybe don't have this aspect you know of the same type of intelligence let's say because it's hard yeah being funny naturally it's hard and i don't know it's it's also a very interesting question like can you train that can you improve that can you become more funny i just immediately think about stand-up comedians and uh, some like there are a lot of extremely famous stand-up comedians who started out being not very funny Hmm. but now they're extremely funny their jokes are amazing everyone loves them so it's also like a very interesting question is it like your you know innate ability to be funny or can you actually do something about that yeah that's a really good point i can think of some of my friends and especially one of my friends who is intrinsically funny and he's the funniest person i know and when i see him it's always laughing because he just is able to uh you know make jokes and have fun conversations all the time and i would definitely say he's intrinsically funny and naturally funny which is great i think his dad his granddad was actually a stand-up comedian as well so maybe it runs in the family uh or maybe it's just being surrounded by those types of people but it's really i listened to an interview with jimmy carr who is probably one of the most famous uh stand-up comedians in the united kingdom and in that interview he mentioned that he thinks that in the future that comedy will be taught in schools because we teach other arts forms in schools. We teach, you know, actual arts, which is, you know, drawing and painting and stuff. We teach drama, we teach music, and he believes that maybe standard or comedy in general will be taught in schools as well. And he thinks that it 
can be, he thinks there should be like you know workshops of how to craft a joke and stuff like this and i guess he would be in the camp that i guess some people probably think you're either funny or you're not and i've listened i've listened to quite a few uh, podcasts from stand up comedians and there have been i've heard multiple times that you know judges or people that own uh, comedy uh, like uh, stores or um, kind of venues and they're judging the the comedians if they want them to perform there full time or not. They either think he's got it or she's got it or she hasn't got it. And it's just like, just a, you can just tell instantly. But I think Jimmy Carr would think that it's something that can be trained. And yeah, you, you, you mentioned something really important that I'm sure lots of people when they first died weren't funny at all and they're probably horrendous and now they're famous stand-up comedians and they would be classified as funny so yeah like many things it probably is a trained skill but i think like i mentioned before some people are just naturally funny okay yeah it's very interesting it's definitely that like those workshops if they were introduced like in some universities or schools I would really like to sign up to try because I love when I watch stand up how some comedians can create those connections between the joke they just said and a new joke. And then like uh, they're mentioning this like fifth joke and they create a connection with the first joke. And that to me is an incredible skill. Yeah. Yeah. And even with different uh, comedians and their style of comedy, you can see some of them are like how you just mentioned so they're very well polished and everything is connected <laughs> and every single line or word is kind of timed perfectly and then some people are they they just get up and they're just like rolling with it and they're not really planning it too much and they're just going with it and i it's probably easier to be someone who's funny when it's polished, but I really appreciate it when someone can be funny off the cuff. Like they're just, they haven't planned it, but they're just going up there and they're just, um, yeah, they're just being funny naturally. I think I appreciate comedy more when I can tell that it's, it's not too polished or it's not too planned, but yeah. Yeah. I remember one day I saw the stand-up comedian in like real life. I went to like a stand-up show and, uh, he was one of the comedians performing and he got on the stage and he was just like, well, let's <laughs> perform, shall we? I don't even know what to say. I don't even know like where to start. And at first I was like a little bit taken aback because I'm so used to like comedians being like, okay, joke one, joke two, joke three, like clapping, blah, blah, blah. And this guy was just so slow. Like everything he was saying was so slow. But I think it was also maybe his like persona on stage. It was a part of everything he was saying, but it was funny. That was the craziest part. At the end of the day, it was a very good performance. It was funny. Yeah, I guess because there's some level of like it being unexpected and something unexpected is funny. I guess stand-up comedians can get away with that. But imagine if you started your next YouTube video like, oh, well, I'm here again. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be pretty bad. Okay, Um, so thank you very much for answering those questions, Veronica. I think I learned a lot about you and I think you learned a lot about me and the audience will have learned a lot about both of us, so... I gave you some difficult ones there, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. No, it was very, very fun. So thank you. And uh, it was a very interesting discussion. And I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to us. 
As a reminder, if you want to download the transcript to our conversation, you can do it completely for free by clicking the link in the description. So thank you so much for listening to us today. And thank you to Sam. Thank you, Veronica. And thank you, everyone listening. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Bridging Borders. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for more useful insights. Stay connected by following us on social media. You can find us at bridging underscore borders underscore podcast. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep connecting.